Well, Solomon and Bob Seeger. Hmm. What do those guys have in common? Well, that's what we talk about today. Well, welcome to another podcast with Steve and Eddie. We're so glad that you've joined us today. Uh, yeah, a little against the wind, and I think that the wind is definitely going to be a part of this storm that's coming up, uh, but so it's also too. a part of uh, what we talk about today. <laughs> yeah. I always so, appreciate your intro, Steve. It reminds me of when I was a teenager listening to WLS. <laughs> Larry Lou Cat, Lou Jack, and Uncle, good old Uncle Larry and Little Snot Nose Tommy. So what that to... You remember those? Those were oh. funny because they talked about crazy stuff, but yeah, that was podcasts even back in those days. Well, isn't that the truth? They had uh, talk talk show, talk radio, and uh, well, podcasts are getting to be a big deal. They are. I didn't I didn't listen to realize how many people listen to them, but that Rogan, Joe Rogan, he's oh yeah, he's big. He's in trouble. Oh, he's, he gets yeah. in trouble with his mouth. So that's one thing about you and I. We never get in trouble with their mouth. Here, yeah, usually. No, right. We you might know, get in trouble with some other people. There might they... be some that might uh, <laughs> dicker with us on that. That You've said some things you probably shouldn't have said, but I'm not going to mention any names or go down that road. But nevertheless, right. uh, uh, one thing about it, when you say it here, it's out there. So. Yeah, unless I need to feel like I need to edit. edit. You know, yeah. but, uh, but no, I don't think that... Uh, uh, we didn't have to worry too much about that, but um, we're definitely not shock jocks. No, you know, we're no, not that's a, we're for not sure. shock jocks. But we are glad that you have joined us today, and and we do hope that um, whatever you needed to do to prepare for uh, Snowmageddon or whatever yeah. you've got a word for it, um, they say that. Uh, what, what's the latest that you just saw on your phone? Well, uh, the uh, National Weather Service said that um, here in this area, I expect three to seven. It, last night it was five to eight, and they keep changing it. So, I think the sh- storm shifts a little bit and goes mm-hmm. on north. But I don't know when the ice and snow. The ice is supposed to get here later this afternoon, I think, and then snow. So, yeah, hit, and I some think, wind maybe. I don't know. Yeah, just for your for your forecast here today, folks. Uh, we have snow, a mixture of rain and snow coming around probably six, seven o'clock. Uh, you'll be seeing some snow showers coming in a little bit later than that, but expect a little bit of we should have called around and see who had storm. the best food yeah. at their house, and we'd go there and get snowed in. <laughs> uh, well, it uh, we do hope that you'll stay safe. That everything's running well for you, and um, uh, as all the little children expectantly watch TV and we'll see the words going along. Across the bottom of the stage, just hoping and waiting to see canceled or closed yeah. schools. Yeah, Hope, hopeful, hopeful students and oh, hopeful man. teachers sometimes. You know, it, it, nice little break every once in a while. When I was a kid, they never called school off. But one thing about it, it's it's nice if you know it the night before. That way, you don't have to get up. Well, yeah, that's, that's true. Way, way better. Yeah. Than, when they throw out a, a two-hour uh, delay the night before, at least you can prep a little bit. Well, I tell you, when we first moved it Freeport in the early 80s, uh, we had 44 inches of snow that winter, and uh, it never melted off. But I don't ever remember calling school off up there. It, it's crazy. I mean, they, they've they got snow plows ready, uh, salt and, and sand ready. They... They are prepped and ready to roll. Yeah. Uh, they're just south. We're, uh, Freeport's just south of Wisconsin and um, by just, I don't know, 20 miles or 25 miles up to Monroe, yeah. something like that. And, uh, and so we, 
that top part of Illinois boy uh, you, sometimes you feel like you're in Minnesota eh? yeah. and uh, uh, closer well, to Canada but uh. <laughs> one thing that too up in that neck of the woods that uh, turned my stomach I know it didn't your dad he was happy about it but every other stinking garage had a big green babe helmet painted on it and <laughs> on and on flags and all kinds of green but i was really surprised there's a, a lot cheese more heads there's a lot more cheese heads than there are bears there, there's there's a quite a bit Area. i don't even Gee, i was gonna say i don't think that it's 50 50 i oh, thought no. originally that it was maybe younger when i was younger but i think it's it, it's definitely changed it's if like it had cardinal been. cubs here there's a lot yeah. more cardinal this place is infested with cardinal fans <laughs> infested. i mean it's an infestation <laughs> yeah Damn. well you know, we'll we'll hold our ground and stay true Cubbies fans. That's just the way that it'll work. But uh, well, it's it's good to be with you today, folks. We're glad that that you're uh, joining us, and we're glad we're looking forward to spending a little bit of time talking about life and reality and and how uh, God is in the midst of it. How we continue to work out the details um, and the finite ways in which we are need to live. So, as we get involved with that today and talking, we'd like to go ahead and pray. And so we're going to have a word of prayer right now as we get started. Sure. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We are grateful beyond measure mm-hmm. about the fact that you have purposed Jesus Christ to come for salvation for us, a freedom that we don't deserve a grace that is amazing and beyond comprehension and a mercy that is brand new every day. Mm -hmm. So, Father, we don't take it for granted, but we say thank you and we embrace you today. Bless this podcast and uh, all the things that we say. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, So do tell, Pastor. What does Solomon and Bob Seeger have to do with today's podcast? Well, in that... uh, are you running against the wind was the title of a message and it's amazing uh, from his song against the wind how that lined up with kind of solomon's thoughts about life right he never he was always fighting running against the wind in every almost decade of his life and it's so much easier to turn around and go with the wind of the holy spirit in life than it is run against it right um that i yeah it really it really made a lot of sense to me and Solomon had got to that point, and almost you can read that between the lines of these lyrics that uh, life is is tough. Uh, it's full of vanities, nothing worthwhile under the sun, uh, you know. And that's kind of where uh, we need to understand in our own lives: Are we going with the wind? Or are we running against it? Mm-hmm. That's the point, you know. Well, and I and in that message, I kind of you know you, t- you we talked about a a gallery of pictures and all the different parts that uh, that Solomon played uh, of all the different areas that he covered you know I talked about if there was a if you made a, a, a art gallery out of the paintings that Solomon pictured of these different people in life it, the, the paintings would be entitled these the bewildered philosopher the funny-faced clown hedonistic playboy the good time charlie the industrious worker the oppressed victim the disillusioned top dog the faithful friend the committed worshiper and the greedy materialist and at the end of that line of pictures there'd be 
one picture that was dark and disturbing, and it's the picture of a troubled king because Solomon paints a picture uh, of himself in Ecclesiastes 6. Right. He's honest. He's, fixing, he's, he's saying, man, I've tried everything in life. I've, I've explored every want and desire and pleasure known to man, and still I've not found anything lasting in that. And I, I'm sad that there's a lot of people I know and I love probably that are, are on that path. Right. They strive and they strive and they spin and they... Uh, searching it for it searching in different and they, measures in. Well, and that's like the, like the, the searching for... And what's he say? You're searching for something and, you know, caught, caught like wildflower out of... Uh, out of control. I, I like this... About that second verse, he said, And the years rolled slowly past, and I found myself alone, surrounded by strangers I thought were my friends, and I found myself further and further from my home. And that, and that's what we do. <laughs> um, seeking shelter against the wind, searching for shelter. I find myself searching shelter against the wind. And that's what Christ offers us in life, is that. And that, I think that's what Solomon was, was searching for, he said that here's the subject and the situation of his portrait uh, in chapter 1 and 2. Solomon says, There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is prevalent among men, a man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor so that his soul lacks nothing at all of all that he desires, but God has not empowered him to eat from them, for a foreigner enjoys them. This is vanity and a severe affliction. So here he'd build up this wealth and everything under the sun, and God, because Solomon wasn't seeking God first, he wouldn't let him enjoy them. Somebody mm-hmm. else was enjoying the fruit of his labor. Mm-hmm. You know, I I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, about these people that become famous and like leeches, people come out of the woodwork and attach themselves to them. And they're, they're enjoying the, the most wild stories, the Spinks brothers out of St. Louis and boxers. They, when they traveled around the country, they had a, they would take a hundred people with them, friends and family, put them all up and feed them. Well, that sucked down that money. <laughs> and then, of course, you got wild-haired Don King. He had got his cut. <laughs> you know, that's just you know that's just amazing. But then he talked about you know he tried to to work hard and he thought if he had children uh, that that would bring that satisfaction. But he found out that he. He wished some days he hadn't been born himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Well, and the and the vanity, the the striving for things that are elusive um, deteriorates quickly. You know, the man-made things of uh, of um, the process that we we just keep grasping for it, and it just fades. It slips through our fingers, and even though there's there might be times where there's substance to it. If we if if we focus our efforts in a selfish gain or interest, uh, you can see that deteriorating yeah, uh, with I mean, time. And then if it, even if it does hold up, where's the what like Solomon? Yeah, where's the substance to life? Where is it without God? Right. Exactly. And 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 being able to uh, hold on to something meaningful and understanding life. Well, about halfway. The first half of Ecclesiastes, his journal, he's telling us about all these different portraits and what these people, but he's talking about himself, actually. And in the last half, he starts to finally come to his senses. 
and he makes these realistic observations about life. First one is this, that God is sovereign. Solomon states that whatever exists has already been named. He talks about Adam giving names to the animals, and that gives him a sense of authority over creation. But then God named man, each of the stars, and everything else that was not placed under man's rule. Therefore, the Lord is the king over all creation. Everything is under his perfect, Mm -hmm. all-knowing knowledge. And what happens, what happened is man lost his right in the garden to sin. They was in a perfect environment and he got kicked out. And here, you know, in, in Romans eight twenty eight, a lot of people will quote this to people that are really hurting and struggling. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It's a tough verse to grasp, mm-hmm. especially if you're in the throes of anguish and grief. What good, and you're thinking, man, what, I'm hurting. What good could come out of this? You know? Right. So that was his first observation that he wanted to remind people that God's always going to be in control. Yeah, he gives us free choice and lets us do things, but ultimately, God's, God's on the throne and he is in control. Second observation was this mankind is not sovereign. It is known what man is. Man is inconsistent. He's weak. He's unfaithful and limited in knowledge. The Lord, on the other hand, is consistent, mighty, faithful, and all-knowing. Furthermore, as a consequence of his sin, man has temporarily lost his delegated sovereignty over the earth. And we talked about Adam falling. The third observation was disputing with God is a waste of time and effort. You're never going to win an argument with God. Right. <laughs> you can vent and shake your fist at him and whatever, and that's, that's, that's healthy to do that, but you can't stay mad, and you're never going to win that. Well, doesn't it really come down to a lot to our pride oh, boy. and ego yeah. and how we feel like uh, we want to be right? And so we hold on to that selfish desire to think, well, I don't, I don't want to submit to this or that. I want to be right or I'm yeah. Yeah. prideful in whatever it might be. So, you know, that... Man, it gets in a lot of ways. Of, it gets into a lot of, in the way of a lot of things in our life, doesn't it? I mean, I, well, Solomon adds this in ten and eleven, Ecclesiastes six. He, speaking of man, cannot dispute with him who is stronger than he is, for there are many words which increase utility. What then is advantage to a man? Then I quoted Isaiah forty-five nine through twelve. Destruction is certain for those who argue with their creator. Right. You are never going to win. Right. You don't have the last word. Now, I'm always interesting with people that debate or always want to argue about everything. There's always something about having the last word. And I think that's got a lot of children in trouble as they've had an issue with their parents and they're getting instruction and they get out of the room down the hallway and they have they shout something. Right. <laughs> the last, they want to get that, that last word. Last and I word. tell you, sometimes in, <laughs> in, in marriage, sometimes one spouse, regardless whether it's the man or the woman, has to have the last word regardless. And they might even say it under their breath. Mm. I think that happens a lot of times. That way it don't come back to bite you because it's just <laughs> you and God that hears you say it. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah. You're you're thinking, oh come on, you know, or, uh, or, or whatever. And gosh, I hate to admit this, but sometimes 
if if we're having a debate and she's in the other room, I'll be making faces. <laughs> and I know that if she'd ever see me, I'd be a dead man walking. But that brings me joy to do that. Or I'm, I'll go like that with your hands, doing your fingers. One of the funniest things Trudy's ever said is, said, you know, you take your thumb and your fingers and you're making a mouth talking. And Bubby told her one time, he said, Mom, this is what you're doing. And then he grabbed that hand like shutting her mouth saying yeah. this is what I want you to do <laughs> yeah that, that probably don't work with a lot of parents but you know but no. man you know what I'm saying right I mean just yin and yin and on and on and well, on and isn't it interesting when we talk about things that uh, our responses and the way that we need to adjust we talk about pride we talk about ego but we talk about the attitude and therefore when we're talking about our relationship with God it's about a relationship or an attitude of the heart Right, the yeah, attitude of yeah. the heart. Where do we submit? And understanding that w- when we think of that surrender or that submitting to God, who is faithful, who is loving, who is kind, but also is just and forthright and true, then our submission is going to result in freedom. But we don't we don't immediately see that. Mm-mm, no. We want to argue our case because the fact is, is that we feel like we're standing on some solid ground. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's very interesting as we do do this thing called life with the other relationships that we have in life, and how those relationships can, um, in a lot of ways, like, like for instance, my relationships with my, with my sons. When I see how I have to work with them or adjust when they were younger, help them adjust their attitude, Mm -hmm. I saw that relationship as a relationship between God and me. Sure. And it brought some light. Some lights came on many times in my own life, recognition of here's how I'm parenting. Wow, this this is how God sees me. Mm -hmm. Well, I need to adjust and rethink. So in other relationships... That we've got, um, not just in a parenting, but maybe it's a leadership role within a team or um, uh, whatever the case may be. This integrity and this character that we're building has a lot to do with how people see us and yeah. then respond uh, in a positive or negative way. Yeah. They're, therefore, you know, very interesting. I remember one time uh, Diana was cor- correcting uh, little Joshua Eli. And she turned her back and walked away. Well, she caught him in a mirror. He stuck his tongue out at her. <laughs> so she instructed him a little more. And later that day, he he was standing up on the couch and he was poking around, looking at her hair. And she said, "What are you doing?" She says, "I'm looking for them eyes in the back of your head." <laughs> <laughs> he just he couldn't believe it. Right. But that's the one thing we can't stick our tongue out at God as He walks away because He He can see us. You know, but that was funny. Then I ended that message talking about our a picture of our own portrait. He writes in 612, as he wraps this chapter up, Who knows what is good for a man during his lifetime, during the few years of his futile life? He will spend them like a shadow, for who can tell a man what will be after him under the sun? And I talked about Oscar Wilde uh, writing that book, the portrait of Dorian Gray is how somehow he got that transferred that everything in his life all of his decadent living would be transferred on that painting and not on himself mm. uh, it's a it's an interesting concept and in 
you know, in closing, I showed that picture of Christ, but that's, that's, it's like the picture of Dorian Gray. All of our sin, all of our decadence, all that we do wrong is not on us. It's transferred on Jesus, as you see, his scarred body. And we close with these two questions. Does your life seem futile, pointless, or useless, or worthless, or vain? Fortunately, God tolerates our contentious spirits and lovingly seeks to persuade us to stop fighting him and start trusting him. That's what he wants us to do. And that's the, that's the answer to a life that you feel is worthless. He gives you purpose. Mm-hmm. Are you fearful about the future is the second question. We don't know what the future holds. And then, you know, there in Matthew about the man who builds his rock house upon the rock which is christ the storms come and it doesn't move right. the foolish man peels his house on sand and the storm comes and it's destroyed it's completely gone yeah, we sing it we sing the song promises this last week yeah uh, we can yeah, that was, it that really connects right with, in there connects really well uh, in that song it says though the storms may come and the winds may blow i'll remain steadfast yeah, yeah. well and and like i said we don't know what the future holds uh, a couple months, so I get down to the end of Ecclesiastes. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna preach a series uh, called "The Previews of Coming Attractions," and it's it's about end times. A lot of people believe we're living in them now. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to be aware uh, of how that is. You know, and I, we don't want to instill fear and promote it, but. Um, even even just like even some here I think today with with this storm coming there uh, there's an anticipation um, and with the troops moving it we're moving troops the president's moving troops into to Europe um, and that's that spooks a lot of people out because mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to happen there sure uh, and the thing is Putin Putin is uh, just wanting to reunite the old Soviet Union, and that's 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 exactly what he's trying to do. And I think he's going to use this as um, a launching board, so to speak. So he goes into Ukraine, and if the if we if nobody in the world stands up to him, he's going to keep going. Right, to Belarus and on and on. He's going to keep doing it. I do believe that to be true. Uh, so I, I don't know, Steve. Well, you know, and, and as we well, as we talk about those types of things, and as we as we look um, at Ecclesiastes, and we think about Solomon, and we talk about what is to come, and like you said, that this is a series that you're going to be uh, talking about yeah, and praying it's, over it's not, and studying. It, yeah, it it is something that is um, something that we all have to deal with in the very fact that. As we see circumstances around us, that that understanding of that God is sovereign, that God is in control, mm-hmm. even when the greatest of winds will come and blow, That's God exactly right. is still steadfast and secure yeah. that we can depend upon. Um, I would much rather put my trust in God than any any government 
in any agency that is man-led that the I my my trust and my 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 all is in God he'll lead me now I need to be you know I need to be um, a good citizen in, in a lot of ways um, helping support different measures and at times of course making some decisions that that uh, I might not be uh, liking to do um, yeah uh, but when it comes down to it I'm going to be praying for wisdom and God will give it and we submit and surrender to his ways and we stay connected with him and I think that's so important. We need to continue to support one another, lift each other up in the words that uh, have been spoken uh, through his scriptures yeah. and through uh, the wisdom. So you, um, this next weekend, this um, and hopefully we'll have church. I'm pretty sure we will. Oh, I and, think you know, so. Um, you know, if you've not been a part of Calling Post, uh, um, that is our texting and calling uh, outlet. It's kind of like a tree, a, a texting tree, a sort of, so to speak. It, you can text five, uh, five, four. Oh my, I've just lost it. Well, I'll have to come up with that before the end of the podcast now. But anyway, you can uh, get a hold of us and uh, get connected by um, sending a message to uh, this number that I'll tell you in just a yeah. second. Because <laughs> I'll have to remember it. I haven't, I haven't said those in a while. But uh, we'll keep you informed about that. But uh, you've got a title of your message that's coming up. It's um, wise, wise Words to Live By. Just give us just a brief overview of what we're looking at as we're getting into this. Well, and that's the thing about preaching through a book. He goes from one subject to the next, uh, trying to tie, he tries to tie it all together. At some point in our lives, we have contact with a rebel one who defiantly goes his or her, her way even if it contradicts reason and experience i'm, I'm starting to talk about that because he's he talks about it a rebel as a noun form is a person who refuses allegiance to resists or rises in arms against the government or ruler of his or her country a person who resists any authority control or tradition the adjective rebellious is rebellious the verb used without object to reject, resist, or rise in arms against one's government. That's, that's, that's the rebel we know may be an employer, a parent, a friend, a spouse, or perhaps it's ourselves. But whoever it is, we can be confident that one who rebels against God, whether that person is a believer or not, is turning away from the giver of wisdom who provides solid advice for handling life. Mm-hmm. James 1.5, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And I've really thought about it that way. Rebellious people don't want God's advice. Yeah. And that's what makes them rebels. Yep. You know, that's the point. Yep, that's I, right. I thought, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche was an atheist. And he, was, he said that God is dead and doesn't exist. But he made some other statements that kind of make sense. What Solomon did, he got in trouble bringing in all those strange women brought their gods in and turned him against. I'm sure they had a huge influence on him. Nietzsche's words are true for Solomon. The true man wants two things, danger and play. For that reason, he wants woman as the most dangerous plaything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a quote, isn't it? That's, that, that, that's, that's what happened to him. Yeah, wow. It messed up his, 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 
destroyed his relationship with God Almighty. Ecclesiastes 2, 17 through 18 is, is, is how his despair uh, came, came out, and it's how he saw life. He said, I hate life. As far as I can see, what happens on earth is a bad business. It's smoke and spitting into the wind. And I hated everything I'd accomplished and accumulated on this earth. I can't take it with me. No, I have to leave it to whoever comes after me. That was kind of his outlook, and it changed that. And then in, the, the, in chapter 7, it starts to change a little bit. You kind of see a, a change in scenery. Uh, he talks about Proverbs. He says, some evidence of this change is the frequent occurrence of the two terms, wise and wisdom. He starts to talk about that a lot. And then he comes up with these, these different Proverbs. One is, is, a, is contrasting couplets, where they're either connected with but or nevertheless, and then completive couplets, the words and or so, uh, laughter when, can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. That's Proverbs 25. Um, and then comparative couplets. It's, uh, this is his dandy right here. He, it's better than or like so. Verse 24, uh, Proverbs 25. It's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. <laughs> Good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. And then he gives us, us some words to live by in Ecclesiastes. It's amazing in life growing up and some of the things that you heard your parents or grandparents say, they're just requoting Solomon. Here, here are some, some of the advice and wise words that Solomon gives us. A good name is better than a good ointment. The Hebrew term for ointment might be better rendered perfume or cologne. It's better to have a good name. Man, my dad hammered that incessantly into me. There's two things. You ha have a good name. Don't ever run your name, and don't ever let anybody call you lazy. Mm. I think that has, has pushed me in life to be a good worker, whatever I'm doing, because I, I didn't ever want that term. He said that's almost the worst thing anybody can say about you. The day of one's death is better than the one's birth, and that's because of the believers. That's, that's our victory day. That's when you're going home. Philippians 1, 2, 21, Philippians 1, 21 through 24, Paul said, For me, for to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. The next one is better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting. Sorrow is better than laughter. And in this, it is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fuels, fools. The next one is the end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patient, another one, patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. And then what makes wisdom special? Wisdom preserves our lives from human pitfalls. Keeps us from getting hurt. Right. Messing stuff up. Right. Two, wisdom provides our lives with divine perspective. It's just not our opinion. It's God's as we follow it. And some concluding counsel for all of us. We dare not make a major decision without asking for the wisdom of God. And we cannot see the whole picture without drawing upon the wisdom of God. And that is true. And most of the time we get down and we... Um, always ask the question why and God never hardly tells us. I don't think we can handle the answer.
And I, I close it. I, I, I'm, we're going to put these questions in the bulletin, and I, I think it would be good for you to sit down with uh, your significant other and go over these and, and talk about these questions. Why is a good name better than good perfume? Why is one's deathbed better than one's birthday? Why is a visit to a funeral parlor better than uh, gorging at a great feast? Why is sorrow better than laughter? Why is listening to a wise person's rebuke better than listening to a fool's song? Why is the end of a matter better than its beginning? Why is a patient spirit better than a haughty spirit? And why is wisdom so great? Um, I think, and then I ask, what's the wisest thing anybody's ever said to you? And that's, that's hard and it takes some thought, but you think about it. What is the wisest? I've heard a lot of people talk to me over the years, but what is the wisest thing that anybody's ever said to me? And I came up with this. It is when my pastor, Ray, um, him and I was at the church alone there at Salisbury. And he said, Eddie, you need Jesus in your life. Um, would you like to accept him? That's... It's the wisest thing anybody's ever said to me. Right. <laughs> because it, it it changed my life completely. Right. right. You know, I, I, I re, as I get older, I repeat myself more and more and more. I tell the same stories over and over and whatever. But I am most proud of being raised my own kids. That's a big deal. Yes. I know some people don't like hearing that because they're not raising their own kids. But, man, oh, man, what a, what a blessing that's been. <laughs> Uh, there are some great step parents. Don't get me wrong, but there's nothing like your own kids. Yeah, that's part of part of you. They got your DNA in them. They got your blood. They are part of you. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, and 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 what a what a gift it is to have those children and to recognize their gift unto your life, and then to be able to instill great treasures into them well, it also is a great gift to embrace those that you adopt yeah and bring in as your own and i think that that is such a beautiful contrast and it's definitely not anything to con- contradict what you've said but to add emphasis yeah, this way yeah, and that's what it to does. say as we look at what jesus what god did for us and adopting us in what a great measure. Oh my gosh, he, he, you know, he we, grafted us in. He did. To the vine. He did. Which we weren't supposed to be grafted in right. at first. We're heirs of the Most High. And if you can remember that, folks, during any circumstance yeah, situation, absolutely. whether it's high on the mountain or down deep in the valley, if you can remember that you're the an heir, if you've accepted Jesus Christ and you've 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 gone through this understanding that that is a relationship that you desire and and want to continue to go after, if you've laid down your if you ask God for your forgiveness of sins, and now you are heirs of the Most High, remember that for your strength. Yeah, yeah for He is for you, not against you. No, and without uh, Christ, I, you know, you hate to say that after 51 years of marriage, this year 52, but without Christ, I don't think we'd have made it. I'm really, I really believe that because I was out of control and it was just the way it was. I, I, I didn't want to grow up. Uh, I'm 71 and I've only been grown up five years. 
<laughs> but that's the that's the way that it was. I wanted to wanted to have fun, man. Yeah, I praise God. You know what? Uh, and you think about your life and what the places that you've been and the people that you've led and served, and you know. And I get down toward the end, and you know, I think about this place, Crossroads. It was uh, it was like missing Mr. Holland's opus. This was. This was my opus in life. It was my masterpiece, if you will. I really, really believe that to be true. Yeah, I pastored those other two churches for seven years each, and you know, made some people up, friends up there. I, we loved each other and whatever, but nothing has compared to what God has done here. It's just been continues to blow me away. So God is, allows us to have these different gifts and and the responsibility that we need to continue to do and this is a daily basis i believe is to ask for that wisdom from him in guiding our lives in leading others in leading our family and it's such a huge thing and that's what this message uh that you're bringing to us um coming up on sunday is truly all about and even what ecclesiastes is about um so uh yeah thanks for sharing that and thanks for for studying this uh, book and, and bringing this to us. Pastor, would you pray for us as we lead out of this? Lord, we just pray that uh, the next couple of days you keep people safe and uh, help us all to use our heads. I know sometimes we do crazy stuff, like get out and try to snubble, shovel a whole driveway out when you should call for help. Um, people with bad hearts, that's not a good gig. So even more healthy people, help us to ask each other for help. Uh, Sometimes we get so independent that we won't do that. We don't want to bother people on and on, but uh, we need to bother you. We need to bother you every day, <laughs> every minute of the day for wisdom, as we've talked about here. So, Lord, I, I just pray that we take that to heart, your word, and help us to not run against the wind, Lord, but with the wind to you, that uh, you, Holy Spirit, being the mighty wind that might just push us on and on and every day toward Jesus and as we get closer the wind gets stronger and our steps get easier so that's my prayer here today Lord I love you Uh, thank you for Steve and this podcast and our church we ask these things in your name amen amen well thanks for joining us here today and uh, as you are wrapping up this time don't go quite yet listen to this this is the number if you have not joined the calling post it's 242 doesn't start with a 5 it's 24251. Again, that's 24251. And then what you need to do is just text the word CROSSROADS. No capitals, nothing else. Make sure there's an S on the end. So C-R-O-S-S-R-O-A-D-S. And just send that to that number and you'll be joined into the texting and uh, accept those uh, things that are coming your way. Um, And then we'll be able to keep you informed about all that business. Well, thanks again so much for joining us here today, and uh, may God bless you richly, uh, and, and continue, continue to surrender to His will and to His way. God is so good. We love you. We hope you uh, stay nice and warm during this time, and until next week, we'll say goodbye for now. Bye-bye.